0: Powerful at Work Radio, episode 46. Welcome to Powerful at Work Radio, the podcast for professionals who see their work as a calling. I'm your host, Rosa Ponce de Leon, and together we'll explore how people can position themselves to make a real difference with their work. We will cover topics ranging from leadership to emotional wellness to what true power looks like and everything in between. If you're ready to do work differently, tune in and join the movement. Now let's get after it. Welcome back to part two of this conversation with the amazing Dove Baron. The first part, if you have not caught it, is specifically tailored around global perspective on politics and what is wrong with our leadership crisis and maybe some perspective as to how we can turn things around. The transition happened at the end of that episode where we start a conversation about emotional intelligence and we're gonna jump into that deep layer here in this episode. Tune in. Dove Barron is the Dragonist, Inc. Magazine Top 100 Leadership Speaker, number 1 Fortune 500 Podcast Host, Entrepreneur Magazine Contributor, Loyalty Authority, and he's guiding us on how to recognize and nurture dragons, which is a top talent, hidden in our organizations. A dragon leader is not a position. It's someone who is always pushing to improve and wants those they serve to reach their full potential. Dove's humor and no BS style is contagious. As a Master Storyteller, he is considered to be the leading authority on Actualized Leadership. Actualized Leadership means getting the results you set out to achieve in the most meaningful manner. Working with diverse leaders and executive teams, Dove filters common bonds to create fiercely loyal cultures. You can't achieve loyalty without meaning and talent only to stay when they feel they are a part of something larger than themselves. Besides being a best-selling author of One Red Thread and Fiercely Loyal, How High-Performing Companies Develop and Retain Top Talent, Dove has been named one of Inc. Magazine's top 100 leadership speakers to hire and as one of the top 30 global leadership gurus. He has spoken to the UN, the World Management Forum in Iran, New York National Speakers Association, and the Servant Leadership Institute. In June of 1990, While free rock climbing, Dove fell approximately 120 feet and landed on his face. The impact shattered most of the bone structure on his face and after 10 reconstructive surgeries, no external evidence remains. However, the experience wasn't just life changing, it has been completely transformational. Dove shares how dragons are born in fire, experiences that could potentially destroy you, and instead convert purpose, passion, and hunger to champion others to nurture the dragon fire in ourselves, our families, and our communities, and our companies. Dove believes the world needs more dragon leaders committed to living their purpose, standing in their truth, and empowering others to find their fire and do the same. We have HR, we have so many things in place to create a a process that generates great leaders but it doesn't. Have you seen, where do people get it right? Because most <laughs> often they don't.
1: Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of people who don't get it right these days, absolutely. But there is a lot of people who are indeed getting it right. So there are some people who have read Daniel Goldman's book, Emotional Intelligence, and Emotional Intelligence at Work, etc., and many other wonderful books on this subject. But you can read anything you like that's not going to make you into it. You mm-hmm. need training. Mm-hmm. You need practice. Right. We all do. There are four main quadrants of emotional intelligence. You can learn them. You can pack them. You can recite them like you're reciting the Psalms, but that's not going to help you because here's mm-hmm. the next level of it, which most people are not aware of. There is there's IQ, which is your intelligence, which does change and can change, but not mm-hmm. much. There is your emotional intelligence, which can change vastly. However, Mm. the one thing stumping your emotional intelligence developing is your emotional maturity, which very few people Mm. speak about. Emotional maturity has nothing at all to do with age. Some of the wisest people you've ever met are eight years old. Some of the dumbest Mm. people you've ever met are 60 years old. It's got nothing (laughs) to do with chronology, nothing to do with the clock. It's got everything to Mm -hmm. do with self-knowledge. So emotional maturity comes from self-knowledge. If you've not looked in and become clearly very aware of who you are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what it is that you're bringing up from your history, where it is where you are having a disproportionate response to a situation, what that means is a situation is taking place that should have maybe had a three out of ten response. You'd be a bit pissed off and a bit upset, but you're not throwing a wobbly and instead you had a sixth response, that's called a disproportionate Uh response. Every disproportionate response comes from your history. It means you're not aware of something you've not dealt with, and this person, without potentially without any malice whatsoever, has pushed that button. That's not Mm -hmm. their problem. That's your problem. That's emotional maturity developed through self-awareness that then allows you to apply the emotional intelligence you've had combined with the IQ that you have.
0: So there's some deep work that needs to happen through that process of maturing. And this is where many, many, (laughs) and it's hard to measure. And I think this is where I see the most failures is we have a chat with someone and we think, okay, they got it. Well, they got it intellectually, but they didn't do the deep work yet. They haven't actually gone and rubber meet the road type of behavior and growth process that needs to happen. That takes a lot of time. And and it depends on how much the person's willing. I'm not saying it, it, it takes a lot of time for everybody. But this is where we need to slow down and not promote people. They might have a lot of p- potential, but they might need a little more time. And it's okay to like, give it to them. They're going to be much better if we do that. Most people have a hard time hitting the pause button, though.
1: Well, again, now we're back. We've gone in a loop because now we're back into this American dream thing. <laughs> right, so we're now back into this i don't have time I'm trying to make a million bucks i'm trying to do this i'm trying to pay off the mortgage I'm trying to buy a better car I'm trying to get a pool put in. you know, so we're back on that loop, so you don't have time because you'd not made you the priority. Now, let me just be mm. really clear so everybody understands I am right. in no way promoting being um self centered. I am extremely promoting being centered self. There is a vast difference. Self-centered is all about you. Centered self means I am going to center in myself and so that I can be the best I can possibly be for the people that I serve, whether those are members of my family, whether those are members of my congregation, or whether those are members of my team. I am here to serve them. And how do I serve them? I serve them by being centered in myself. I can't be centered in myself if I'm not self-aware. I can't be self-aware if I've not done the deep work to go inside. And therefore, my emotional intelligence is lacking. So we've all heard it, and none of us really get it until it slaps us in the face. In case of an emergency, put your own mask on first. Most Mm. people are so busy running around that they don't even notice there's a lack of oxygen.
0: So good. And let's work with an example. So let's use empathy as an example of of making a difference between being self-centered and centered self. Yes. A person who might struggle with empathy, if they're self-centered, it would be easy to blame somebody else for an issue. But a person who actually has empathy might actually have a better understanding of how what they're doing is affecting the other person. Or or am I getting that wrong? No, that's
1: right. That's it. So that's that's part of the emotional intelligence side of it. So, again, empathy is is become, unfortunately, has become a word that gets thrown around, but mm-hmm. very few people truly understand what it is. So if I mm-hmm, say to mm-hmm. people, okay, tell me the difference between empathy and compassion, because it's the same thing, isn't it? No, it's not. It's vastly different. So, first of all, empathy, the way to think of it is the old saying, walk a mile in another man's moccasins. Right. So what that means is I am imagining what it's like to be in your place. I allow myself to to have a sense of those feelings. They're not going to be the same Mm -hmm. because I'm not in that. So somebody says, my mom died or my dad died or my child died. And you go, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. You know, you might as well just punch him in the throat. I mean, it's just like doesn't mean anything. But, of course, we don't know what to say to that. It's a horribly awkward situation. We don't know what to say to that. So Mm -hmm. instead of saying, I'm sorry for your loss, say, how can I be there for you? The person says, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, what if I just listen? Because that's actually what most people want. They just want to be heard. So they just say, "Well, I feel, you know, I feel like, I, you know, my mom or my dad or my brother or who my friend was dying for five years, and I should have expected it. Why am I not okay with this? You know, and and mm-hmm. people are just looking for permission to allow themselves to own their own feelings. So that's yeah, empathy, yeah, yeah. being with somebody, allowing yourself to slip into their feelings a little. Now, let's move to compassion, which is different. I, I love the example that the Dalai Lama gives. The Dalai Lama says, empathy is I'm walking through the forest and I find a man who slipped and there's a boulder on his chest. He can't move the boulder on his own. It's too heavy. But it's Mm -hmm. crushing his chest. In empathy, I might lay next to him, ask him what it feels like and imagine the rock on my own chest. Mm -hmm. In compassion, after the moment I feel that feeling, I get up. I find a, I find something to wedge the rock off his chest. Compassion is action to assist.
0: And I think we need both. I think both are necessary. And, and so we, and going back to our conversation about the government assistance, and I think it was in terms of giving charity, you had a name yes. for it?
1: Yes. So what I talked about was dignity money.
0: There you go. Having dignity. So so, And that would be along the lines of compassion, because we're asking the government it. to take that rock, that burden off our, our chest. But we want to do it with dignity so that we don't create a dependency on the government. We're, we're helping you, but but we want you to get back on your feet as well.
1: Yeah. So handing out, handing out checks because of a pandemic, very good idea. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. very good idea. Totally. Handing out checks Mm -hmm. consistently over a long period of time, not a good idea. Creating programs that allow people to own their own dignity so that they can make money and find a way back to work, a very good idea. So after the, the Great Depression in the 1920s, uh, late 20s, early 30s, that was what was done. There was dignity mm-hmm. created. The social system was created not to create charity, but to give people dignity. And as a result, the, the middle class rose out of that. And as a result, America became the, most, uh, the wealthiest country in the world. That, that wealth was not created by the rich. It was created by the middle class. And it was, that was, and the middle class was created by giving people dignified ways to come out of poverty. And until we can do that, the middle class is going to continue to disappear. And we're going to continue to be hypnotized by the idea of the middle class while finding ourselves under bridges looking for a home. Mm. I realize that that sounds pretty pessimistic. I'm very clear on that. I understand that, but I, I can't push strong enough to have people realize that they have blinders on and they're not seeing that a lot of their rights and their dignity is being stripped away and there's no cover for it, none.
0: No, I I think it's brilliant that you're saying this because I think we need to rise up. And what I was going to transition into as we close here is to talk to the leaders that are frustrated, that do see the issues and do see the concerns. And maybe they're shifting out of corporate and they're becoming entrepreneurs and they're running small teams. But there's a couple of issues. A, they're wounded from the bad leadership. And so they're bringing that baggage with them. You and B, it. maybe they haven't had the mentorship to become the great leaders. Even if they're, if maybe they are emotionally astute, but they ha- they just haven't had the training. So for those people that are transitioning into those leadership spaces and want to do it right, yeah. what optimistic solution do we give them?
1: So number one, become centered self. Develop yourself. Otherwise, you're going to be reactive. And you're not going to get anywhere being reactive to all the people who are throwing stuff at you. You know, I mean, every time you switch on Fox, you're getting a bunch of nonsense. Every time you switch on MSNBC, you're getting the other side of nonsense. So, mm-hmm. you know, educate yourself. So people ask me, well, yeah. how do you do it? You live in the same world I do. No, not really. I get my news from from about six sources. And wow. those sources are quite independent. So... I certainly, you know, will occasionally watch Fox News or MSNBC, but I also listen, read Breitbart and people go, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to know how people are thinking, but I also watch mm-hmm, Russian mm-hmm. TV. I also love Al Jazeera, which is a fabulous mm-hmm. news and then BBC. And so I'm trying to get my news from different places because every place right. that you watch the news has a bias. So number one, get mm-hmm. yourself educated outside of your own bubble. And people don't understand that they're living in a bubble. And and we used to talk about the Fox News bubble. Well, let me be clear. Mm -hmm. If you're on social media, you're in a bubble. People go, well, what do you mean? The minute you clicked on something, the algorithm sends you more of it. That's how Mm QAnon has grown. You click on something, they send you more of it. So you Mm -hmm. have to click on things you don't like you have to click on things you're not interested in. You have to click on things you disagree with so that you can start telling the algorithm, I want a broader knowledge base. That will right. allow you to start creating a little bit of a wedge so that you can question, rather than making Nancy Pelosi the the devil incarnate or Donald Trump the devil incarnate, you can create an, your own opinions and understanding. QAnon, which Mm -hmm. exists today, is there very simply because of the algorithm and because people are desperate, not because they're Mm -hmm. insane, although, you know, some of them have acted that way. It's not because of that. Mm -hmm. It's because they're Mm -hmm. desperate and there's an algorithm supporting those bubbles. So get yourself educated Mm -hmm. better. Number one. Number Mm -hmm. two, Mm -hmm. listen to podcasts about leadership, but don't listen to A podcast, listen to, if you do have a podcast that speaks to different opinions, that's great, but find different ways of understanding leadership. Number three, Mm. understand that you are not a victim unless you allow yourself to be victimized. What do I mean by Mm. that? Yes, I understand you may have had situations that were horrendous and, and felt terrible and very painful. I understand that. I'm not saying that. I'm not demeaning any of that. What I'm saying is how can you take your own power back today without removing the power of another? That's a very interesting oh, question. Oh, that's so good. Right? Yes. So we have to, how can I empower others? How can I serve as a leader? What will that mean? Mm-hmm. How can I listen to what people are saying that I disagree with? I think you know, Rosa, I have two podcasts. One is called Leadership and Loyalty. Yes. And, of uh-huh. course, we're focused on leadership. But my other show is called Curiosity Bites. And Leadership and Loyalty, we talk about all the different aspects of leadership. But Curiosity mm-hmm. Bites, the focus of that program is to, is to have people listen to people who they wouldn't agree with. And it's, you know, we talk about quantum physics, we talk about, we've had astronauts on there, neuroscientists, theologians, political people, people from the media, Emmy award winning musicians. I mean, it's pretty amazing, but the idea of it is to get you to listen to people whose opinions you might not agree with. That gives you the power and the knowledge base that you need. It's important to be a specialist, but it's very important to have a large knowledge base.
0: So good. So good. Well, I definitely hope our audience uh, tunes in and listens to your podcast. And if they want to connect with you uh, more directly, wh- what would be the best place?
1: Well, my website is Dov, D-O-V, com dovebaron B-A-R-O-N, dot com. You can find me on there. You can simply uh, Google D-O-V-B-A-R-O-N. And I promise you, it'll only be about two million pages because <laughs> I've been doing this stuff for 30 odd years. I have two podcasts, as we said, Leadership and Loyalty and Curiosity Bites. You can find those on your podcast player. You can also find me on YouTube. Uh, just look for my name. We have a channel there with over 700 videos. You can also find my articles on Medium, on the Dragon's Den is our Medium outlet. <laughs> and uh, and you can, you know what, if, if you feel like you're ready to step into a much higher level of leadership and you want to make a difference, then you can write to me personally, D-O-V at dot Dov at DovBaron.com. And I actually want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to write to me, and I'm going to encourage you to write to Rosa to CC us on this and tell us what you got out of this and what you're going so to good. do with it. Otherwise, it's nothing more than the hole in the donut. Information is has no value. Transformation comes from the application of the information. So what did you get and what are you going to do with it? And share that with others. Share it with others, let us know, but let others. Create an accountability system of somebody who will hold you accountable to making the changes you say you want to make. Then on top of that, share this podcast with other people. Rosa takes the time to find guests for you, to bring you the best guests she can. People who normally are paid large amounts of money for their hour, who are coming on here to give you the knowledge, let her know that this is valuable to you. So go on to iTunes or wherever it is you tune in, rate, review, subscribe to the show and share it with other people. Don't hoard. There's nothing good about that. Share the show with everyone you know.
0: So good, Doug. Thank you so much has been a total inspiration and definitely a lot of things to apply and very succinctly placed. So there's no excuses.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure and honor to serve.
0: Thanks for listening to Powerful at Work Radio. If you subscribe now, you're going to hear weekly teachings to shift your perspective on how to thrive in the workplace and stories from experts and career professionals who are daring to do work differently. And we want to invite you to the conversation. Please subscribe to this podcast. And you can also visit us on Facebook and join the group Empower to Bloom Tribe, where you're going to find tons of resources to help you on your career journey and also interact with like-minded professionals. I'll see you there.